Achievements and events are not confined to the past. Make sure that you etch your own path in the pantheon of human history. This has been Black History Month 365, BAM 365, where you find every day Black History is made. You're listening to 90.1 FM KPFT. Coming up next, Technology Bites. Listeners should be aware that the following program contains language and audio images which may be found disturbing and may not be suitable for your snotty-nosed little brat who probably cusses like a sailor behind your back anyway. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to tonight's edition of Technology Bites. We love you very much. <laughs> we is do. What, is that what we're saying now? Was it somebody said that, that the show sounded like you know we were like Relief. breathing a sigh of relief? <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Technology Bites, everybody. I'm Jay Lee. I am Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's Groovehouse. And we have another short timer in the studio. I'm Dwayne. With us, Dwayne Bradley. <laughs> My favorite station manager of all time, he said, not realizing he didn't have to suck up to Dwayne anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. It feels good. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Well, Dwayne, you're going to be leaving too, I hear. I will be, yes, departing the general managership in April. April Fool? I don't know. <laughs> April 15th? That's the birthday of Pacifica, not wow. just tax day. And I believe that will be... My moving on time into a consultancy and, you know, and back into being a volunteer where I can do fun things like all of you. We thought it was because of us. Yeah. That's <laughs> it wasn't awesome. worth staying anymore. It was sort work. of the last straw. Well, he had made his decision to leave before he realized we were actually going to leave. So he's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Ernesto. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, we don't have Ernesto. We don't have Ernesto to kick around anymore. <laughs> we won't have you to kick around anymore. You know, Ernesto did say Likewise. something very nice on Facebook, though, about us. Yes, he did. What did mm-hmm. he say? What did he say? Quote? Um, Paraphrase? He said he something said along he, the lines that he really enjoyed pitching doing, with us. Pitching with us because we were, we were one of the fun funner groups that he pitched with. And it was a snake-friendly atmosphere. And we made this, his snake <laughs> yes, famous. it was. <laughs> snake famous. We are pro-snake. <laughs> And that he that he's now won his bet that we wouldn't last six months without him. <laughs> you did just you did exactly make it six months. Uh, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, really, if you want to technically say, since you're closing it out on March first, you'll say seven months. Yeah. So, you, so you, all so, those who shorted us. So he boss. owes you some money. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Well, I'm sure he's you know rolling in dough. <laughs> <laughs> Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's living in Colorado, and he's got a pad in Montrose. You know he's rolling. <laughs> it's all snakes. So I'm just happy to be here on the penultimate edition. It, it's rare that you get to use that word. I love that word, and I'm looking forward to when it's the ultimate edition next week. We, we blew our <laughs> chance last week, though, to use the, the even longer version, which is the anti-penultimate, which is the one that comes Ooh. before. It's like only the, we could travel third like to the last. Had we only known 22 years I ago, know. <laughs> we could have had the full countdown. I wonder what, I wonder what the next one just go back and is. move every show back one. So we'll, we won't be back until the post-apocalyptic show. That's correct. Yeah, we on, when we're on Wasteland Radio. Okay. When we we'll be part of the Left Behind series. During the gas crisis. The mandolin on the front of his car. With the, the, I mean, the good news is Tina Turner will also be joining us at that point, since she also will be ruling in the Wastelands. <laughs> See you, Dwayne. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out yeah, with us a little bit. Get Thank the you. Charlize Theron uh, apocalypse. We get hey, the when can I call in to get my computer fixed by you guys? Two uh, Wednesdays two from now. <laughs> Have a special show. It, 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 uh, Wednesday after this coming Wednesday, right after the Bill Gates segment, call in. All right. Well, as you know, if you didn't pay it, if you haven't been paying attention, um, you haven't been following along. Haven't been following along. This is our second to last Technology Bites episode ever. So we are calling it ever, quits. ever, ever. Well, you know, we're at that phase where you know, like, if we're going to get talked out of it, this would be the week, and it hasn't really come to pass. So. <laughs> I'll stay for a million dollars. Catch lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, this is going to be our this is our second to last show. We're going to be signing off uh, next week uh, for our, you know we say goodbye and hand out all of the graduation papers to all of our listeners who've. <laughs> and then the Friday after that, which would normally be the geek gathering, will still be the geek gathering. It'll be the final be geek the gathering. The ultimate final, geek ultimate gathering. Ultimate geek gathering. Yeah, so the gathering of ultimate geeks. It's the last geek gathering. <laughs> the ultimate gathering of geeks. I don't know. There'll be a, like whatever geeks? like what are the what is the thing that the ultimate fighting happens inside? The of? octagon. The octagon. <laughs> it's the final the boss. Geek-tagon. Final boss edition. We'll have ponies and unicorns and. And the cool part is, since we're geek radio, then we're going to have some nerds <laughs> that we bring in and kick around because geeks can beat nerds. It's going to yeah. be like a whole hand flap <laughs> fight. <thing. laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, so we uh, because it's our second to last show, and we've only got one more show, which is what that means after this. Then you, we are welcoming phone calls to come in. You call in at 713-526-5738 and reminisce. 
if you care to or just ask a computer question for your final second to last opportunity to do that on a computer call-in show at 713-526-5738. And as Peter alluded to earlier, we are going to have the Geek Gathering, the final Geek Gathering, going away party at Cons uh, a week from this Friday. And I haven't checked the long-range weather forecast, but uh, I'm hoping the weather will be good. And I think it was real. I think it was you know high in the 80s and. Does he have an art exhibit or a noise band I lined up? I asked Colin to like give us exclusive, and he <laughs> said okay. But whether or not he'll do that, I don't know. We want double booking, although, not triple booking. Although if you wanted to do like a crawfish boil at the same time, as our thing, or if there's a plate of cheese, or a Dwight will be there. <laughs> well, I think Dwight will be there. So yeah, there needs to be some kind of cheese dish. <laughs> Cheese ball, cheese dish. Cheese Mostly dish. sunny, 10% chance of rain. We're looking nice. Should yeah. be good. Awesome. And it looks like we got a good response on the Facebook invite page. So that's good. Well, wow, that's sad. Our very, very last of anything is within our 10-day weather forecast. I didn't have to scroll once. It's end of an era. <laughs> and a forecast. <coughs> Imagine forecasting the weather on a computer 22 years ago. This one's probably still wrong. <clears throat> but. Well, it just, cause it's, <laughs> but just it's goes pretty. to show that just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true. That goes especially double for weather. All right, so I see Groovehouse is screening a call, and uh, I'm looking forward to the calls. Got a couple calls coming in, it looks like. So people, have, you know, there have been some very nice people uh, c- contacting us uh, as we say goodbye. Uh, we've got, you know, of course, podcast listeners are always the last to know. <laughs> so had a had some guy had a guy contact me from I contacted Lee uh, mm-hmm. from Canada, Canada, and because uh, because of my extensive Canadian, Canadian contacts that I have, <laughs> he tweeted out at Geek Radio, and yeah. uh, he also uh, contacted Lee because apparently he could find contact information on, <clears throat> for Lee on Ars Technica, but couldn't find contact for information for us on GeekRadio.com because. <laughs> Canada blocks us. Well, you know, I am so super famous and stuff. You are. No. He probably partied with McAfee and got You're your that guy that who does the iPhone challenge and Soiling. gets everybody all riled up I got, every year. I did get recognized once so far in the past several years, and it was at an Apple store by an employee, and that was like that's literally the extent of my online celebrity. Weren't you in here yesterday, sir? <laughs> Aren't you the like guy that used to like work at Babbage's? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a bad floppy disk from you once. Kind of, yeah. yeah it was, it was no, sort of we used like to get that. recognized, Jay or I used to get recognized back in, there was a period of about three or four years oh, Lord. where we were on cable access. They would yeah. film us and then edit it and put it on cable Houston access. Houston Community College. That's kind of beautiful. Came in mm-hmm. and would video... The show live uh, while we were doing it, and then they would then they would rebroadcast it like four or five times a week on on the uh, Access Cable channel, and it it, and Access Cable I don't know if it's still the case, but in those days was nested right between broadcast television stations and usable cable, (laughs) (laughs) and so as if if you're the kind of person who would flip up through the channels, you would flip up from, you know, ABC, and one of the things you'd land on were a bunch of furry-looking geeks sitting around microphones talking tech, and I was really, really surprised by how many people apparently paid attention to that, because I started to get recognized on the street. 
And one of the reasons why I cancel is because I, you know, if I talk loud enough, you'll know I'm in the room, but I didn't like being like spotted from a distance. I actually had one guy who spotted me at the marathon oil tower and I could see that. It, it, I, I mean, I knew that he had spotted me. I just, he just had that look like, I know who you are. And he I'm going to come over and make it weird. And he did. <laughs> And he did. And there he was made some, it he really, really me weird. in a restaurant because I laughed. That's what like, <laughs> clinched it for him is he heard me laughing and then knew who it was. Stand by, making it weird. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, I, I see had what... a co-worker, I guess while they're finishing that up, I had a co-worker who, like, went into her, you know, I guess either late high school or college-age son's room. And he was laying on a Saturday at, you know, 1 o'clock. Is this, a, is just this, is this a work safe story, Peter? It, it totally is. It totally is. And he's like, he's, uh, you know, he's watching, he's watching Technology Bites on cable access. And, she was like, oh my she, God, where have I gone like, wrong? I work with that guy, yes. Yeah, so I'm sure she totally wrecked the show for him. I work with that guy. <laughs> Son, why? I'm a cool mom. I work with that guy you're watching on TV. You could talk it's to like, your father hey. and me about everything. Why are you watching these people? All right. Well, I'm we've sorry. had some calls come in, so let's see what we got. Groovehouse. Hey, we're, we're taking calls first. Sure, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why the not? Penultimate show. It's the penultimate show. There's no There's rules people. anymore. We can do whatever no. we want. That's right. Dogs and cats living together. Who cares about the news? <laughs> Who cares no about in, anything? I don't need no info shot. <laughs> to heck with that. <laughs> heck with that. People have to learn to finish. I just lied to all these. <laughs> I just lied to all these Fix people on hold. Computer. It's fine. Oh, we're just going to inject. Fine. We're that's just right. going to inject directly into your butt instead of into your brain. <laughs> hey, now this isn't the after hour show. All right. All right. Yeah. Who do we have? All right, then. Sorry uh, to put you on the spot, Groove Hey, it's all good. It's part of the show. All right. It's wild and wacky. I'm sure you're okay. Damn <laughs> yeah, good. All right. All right. Who do we have? All right, up first, we're going to... I don't it. even know. I don't even know. I think it's John. John, you're on the air with Technology Bites. Hey, you know, if you guys break too many rules, they're going to take you off the air. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we didn't think of that. You hey, first of all, I want to thank you. Uh, I've called you several times, and probably the most memorable... Because I came home one day, and all my Microsoft Office files had been dumped into the recycle bin. And I thought some, I picked up some virus. It turns out I think there's a three-key combination you can hit to dump all that. And what happened, my nephew was playing with the computer during the day, accidentally hit that combo and dumped all my files. So I took your advice and beat him up. It worked real well. <laughs> there you Excellent. go. problem didn't reoccur. Hey, the question I got is uh, I'm looking at buying a new desktop. It's going to be for a home office and keep records on a small farm. And to be honest, I can go to Walmart and get an old, just a plain old Dell or HP. It's got plenty of power. But I'm really worried about reliability. Some of my gamer friends are saying I should have something custom built. I'd kind of like your opinion on that. And if I go the custom built route, how do I select my components? I, it seems like don't, these days, don't custom do built, that. if you're a gamer, I guess I can see why you would do custom built. But... No, Mostly the, get a machine and buy an external hard drive and make sure that you have religious backups, and then you don't have to worry about the reliability of... The, the, the reality yeah. is is that you as a consumer cannot buy parts as cheap as a manufacturer can get them in bulk. So, you know, if you're talking about piecing together your own hard drive, your own motherboard, your own CPU, and all of that, 
it's going to cost you more to build a computer than, say, buy a brand name of, of the same configuration. Well, more to the point, what well, you're, one of the things you're paying for when you buy from an OEM like HP or Dell or whomever is you're paying for a, uh, and I would highly recommend you do this if this is going to be for anything that involves businesses or record keeping, you're paying for support. You don't want, you want somebody else to be the throat to choke when something goes wrong with that computer at, you know, off hours on a Saturday. You know, that extra, whatever well, and, it is, the extra. somebody who will say, yeah, no, there's something wrong with that. Put it in the box and send it to us. There's yeah. a new one on the way yeah, now. The extra 200 bucks or 300 bucks or however much it is to get the, you know, the on-site service and the the replacement hardware stuff, that's what you, that's, you, you need that. I mean, if you're just like really excited about building a computer and you're looking for an excuse, then absolutely go build one and play games on it and have fun. But for something like this, man, buy from an OEM and get an extended warranty and, Depending upon how much it costs and how much your sanity is worth to you, get something with on-site servicing. Well, no, I wasn't looking forward to building my own computer. I'm kind of <laughs> glad to hear your point of view. I was more concerned about the quality of the components. The argument they make is those guys buy from Lewis Bitter. And uh, the, the one thing I've kind of been annoyed by is they tend to solder everything to the motherboard rather than have exchangeable components. I guess if they have That's a low enough failure true. rate. I mean, it's going to be like if it's, you're talking about a Mac, that can be true. You're talking about Ultrabooks, that can definitely all be true, all-in-one mm -hmm. computers. But if you're talking about just a standard desktop, you're still looking at extension bays and all of yeah. that. You stuff. can also get like a server class, you know, workstation that. That's has, what I was going to yeah, suggest. It's, it's a lot taller. It's got a lot more space in it. They're usually cut up to be able to take full cards, thinking that people might throw some networking cards in there, a RAID card in there. So if you kind of, if you do want to get, you know, harken back to the days where you can pull stuff and replace stuff, because you know, server hardware goes down, you need a, you know, overnight replacement, or you've got a, you know, hot spare of everything standing by. Yeah. Um, you go that way, and you kind of get that old way of being able to swap stuff out when you want to. Everything's going to be very modular, and on the server class software, they don't cheap out. You know, there are still economies of scale at work, so you're going to get a better deal on it. But that stuff has to run, and Dell's reputation, a lot of the you know the larger their vendors' reputation is built yeah. around servers these days. So. Yeah, when you go to when you go to Dell or or HP or Acer or whomever whomever you decide to buy from, when you go there. Instead of hitting the consumer homepage, go try to find their business homepage, either for for SMB for small, small business, medium business. Yeah, that's where you want to go. Or you can, I mean, you can even peek at the enterprise <laughs> stuff because oftentimes these OEMs will run similar models at multiple different price points, depending upon if you're getting it from like the consumer side of their website or the small business side of their website. Generally, the stuff that's marketed for small businesses, medium businesses, and enterprises doesn't have nearly the preloaded crapware on it. Mm -hmm. Often, it comes with better warranties, and a lot of times, it can be cheaper. I was and say you can also, if you're buying the business class stuff, you can also, right now, opt out of the newer operating system. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Well, you, you can get them even bare operating system. Yeah. No, yeah. No, so no, you, if, if you want. don't want Windows 10 and you want a Windows 7, you buy a business class machine, you can get it installed with the operating even maybe Linux. Do, do some this. Of the the, uh, if yeah. you want that, a lot of a lot of times, like for instance, like Dell will retire, they'll like have a new server class come out and they will drop slash, like really, really greatly, all the prices on the one right before it. Yeah, so check that have, out too. Have channel go, go to their refurb area. You know, oh, when yeah, you're looking at the Dell store on their website, there's a place where there's the refurb stuff and it's divided just like the retail side between business and and consumer and you're not the, the what you're describing is not a cutting edge use of your hardware so if exactly. you get anything that's been recent in the past three or four years that was a new model you're going to be happy with well it here's the other years. the other good thing that i've realized about refurb is like refurb 
doesn't mean necessarily that it's just some computer that didn't work and that kind of got massaged back into functionality. My iMac, my, my when I bought my iMac new, it was considered a refurb, but it was only a refurb because somebody bought it and they upgraded certain components in it and they didn't want it and they returned it. So Apple sold it for way less than what I could have built that computer for and it came with all the same warranty and everything, but because it was not one of their standard editions, they had to take a hit on the cost. Also, a lot of the restockings are just like you drive the new car off the lot and already depreciation, yeah. well, so they're going to eat that, and that can be passed on to you. I was a lot looking of times. for a, a, I wanted a system um, for home, but I didn't, I don't, wasn't planning on doing anything that incredible with it. So, I was hoping I could spend like, I was unrealistic. I wanted to spend a hundred dollars or less. Um, but I didn't want to refurb. Um, but what I ended up doing was um, I went to Fry's and Micro Center and poked around on their site and in their store. And I ended up finding um, an open box, which it, <clears throat> I asked them. It had been purchased about a month before and returned. And it was a Lenovo Think Center that doesn't come with a hard drive or an OS. And it was about... $40 less than it was normally priced at. So it was normally about 200 and it was marked down to like 157 or something. So I got a pretty good price. I already had a hard drive, right? And I can install whatever OS, you know, it's not a big deal. So for me, it saved me some money. Um, it's got four memory slots, can hold up to 32 gig. It's ECC memory. So I was pretty, I was pretty happy with the other, the other possibility on looking at this, you may be, you know, you, you, you're thinking about it the kind of standard old way that you would do stuff. If you're talking about basically doing like bookkeeping in that, if you're if you were doing it through a cloud service, you could buy yourself a Chromebook or an iPad or a tablet and do the same thing, and your data would be in the cloud. It would be getting backed up by the service provider. You know, presuming you're using a legitimate provider like Intuit or some. Like, there's several cloud-based accounting type softwares out there then you don't have to worry about it at all because if the computer goes down you can go to your friend's house and get on the computer and still access your stuff you just have to remember your login and password well i'm old school i kind of like i'm on desktop i know a lot of people think i'm weird for that but (laughs) i do too i get that i don't completely trust the cloud with quotes (laughs) Well, they call it the cloud. It feels like they call it the rock or something. Just call it someone else's computer is what you need to call it. That's <laughs> what it really is. Well, thanks for the advice. And, you know, one thing I really appreciate, although one group of guys, I can ask advice. You're not trying to sell me something. It's always been the most honest advice I've ever gotten. So thank you very much. Well, well, hey, before that. you hang up, we're going to put you over to Groove House. He's going to talk to you about some of our T-shirts and some of our lovely, <laughs> okay. lovely right. DVDs that we have over the years. Thank you. Well, I got to take this call from Michael Dell. <laughs> actually, I've, actually, I've suddenly had this realization. We could have probably kept doing the show if we'd sold people stuff during it. <laughs> if only we had some kind of benefactor who would subsidize our airtime. Yeah, like people play... calling in and giving us money? That's not very. That's never going to work. Well, I feel like we tried like that. They can just play little messages during the show about their products. And yeah. Well, what <laughs> you could do is do a pledge drive where every pledge is broadcast over the air. Wow, that's genius. But but when would we do such a thing? How how often should we do such a thing? <laughs> oh, like every at the top of the hour. <laughs> this is Acme Acme Computer Company, and I'd like to pledge, you know, how, whatever the going rate is for thirty seconds of advertising. 
I'm selling so many low cost computers at twenty seven dollars off each that I can afford to pledge to technology. Somebody stop him! The man's crazy. But wait, there's more. Actually, on computer deals right now, just because it's just it's sort of an oddball. The it's probably going to be discontinued, and I'm betting that's why they're doing it. But right now, Best Buy has the like 13 inch MacBook Air, which is you know they lowered the price to about a thousand bucks, and I think it's at least this whole week I believe it's 800 bucks. They discounted it 200 dollars for no reason. That is not a oh go buy now now you got to rush out and buy one. That is a if you were looking for one and part of the problem was you were saving up or it was higher priced than you wanted or whatever. This is the 13 inch and uh, I think it has like I I think it has 8 gigs of RAM and a, a 256 gig uh SSD. So it's not a it's not a dog. <coughs> right. And they marked it down to 800 bucks. I saw that and it was kind of like jeez, you know, that worked for that, that's a pretty good deal for Apple hardware right now. Well, go back to the original conversation about whether or not to build your own or buy something from a manufacturer. I like Lee's point about, you know, not only do you have the manufacturer standing by behind it, and you can go straight to the manufacturer, but you could also go straight, you could also go through a middleman like Fry's or something like that to where you've got a storefront you can walk into, and those managers are going to want to make sure you're happy most of the time. I've yeah. watched managers really pull some boneheaded stunts to save a customer so you can take advantage of those kind of managers but also you're, there's the hope that the uh, manufacturer has tested all the components to work together mm-hmm. I've, we, we had a number of calls over the years where people would say you know well I've built my own computer and now it doesn't do whatever and it's like we have no idea how you configured it not what whether the components are compatible you know irqs way back in the day oh my jumpers yes wow. well and inevitably yeah. it was yeah and i used a few things that i had around and you're like well now you know so there's no way to really tr- you know it, it, it it's unreasonable to expect anyone to troubleshoot that i mean there are people who can you know but it's it's an involved process to say okay let's Let's unpack what you've done and see if there was any cohesion there. Well, much like all. building your own car or a motorcycle or a helicopter, there is a certain <laughs> level <laughs> of, Get yeah, you, people would, we expect you to know what you're doing. You know, if you're building your own computer, you should know what you're doing enough to be able to get yourself out of these situations. If you're not, you know, really, really adept at that, you should probably, you know, On the other clear. hand, I will people say- that have built their own computers have propelled themselves to amazing careers. Oh, yeah. It, it, there, it, there can be a rather eye-opening experience to say, I can plug this in, I can plug this in, I can add power, and oh my God, I've got something that works. Yeah, and if you're new to that, though, that you want to make to, to keep the car thing going, car talk, um, you want that not to be your daily driver. Like, you don't want to mess around with the machine that you do everything on a daily basis. Like, it's if you're going to build something, you know, do it before your current machine dies. No, if you buy decent parts, yeah, do it before your Well, just so you can go, dies, you know, read on stuff and say, okay, where, how do I plug in the stuff to the start I, button? This is assuming if you're building everything from scratch. I together a server in, like, 1995 or 96, a Linux box that act, I set it up as a router and it was a web server and for a company. And just, I, you know, obviously I bought name brand pieces. It's Maybe it's a little less simple now because you've got the more advanced graphics cards and that stuff. But just setting up a decent Linux box, I saved a ton of money. And it all, you know, again, it was all new parts. And so it all worked. And it was, it didn't take me, you know, it well, took yeah. an afternoon, you know, pop it together. We built our own, you know, NAS server just because, you know, we wanted to dump all the money on disks. And you got like, I don't know how many, but a ton of 21 
terabyte pieces, all SSD, <laughs> my, all the way around, and came in cheaper than frankly, what it would have been from Dell. My next desktop computer will probably be a Hackintosh done up to basically for between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks. You can have something that will just thrash one of the trash can Macs that you would spend four or five thousand on. By trash can, you mean shape, not quality, yeah. right? Yeah, no shape. <laughs> yeah. If you know enough Meh. about it, you know it's the, it's the shape. Because I don't, you know, for my desktop, I my office is at my house. I'm the only one that sees it, so it doesn't have to be that kind of elegant, you know, clean. No wires, no. You know, I can leave the case off the off it, and it doesn't matter. But. We got calls. We got calls. Yeah, we got some calls that have been in the queue for a little bit. All right, let's take a call. Let's take a call. Up next, it's, Adri- it's Adrian. Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Hey. You've never heard that. No. <laughs> he hasn't. Hey. Hey. So, yeah, I was wondering, uh, why is the show going off air? We, uh, well, we're older than you. <laughs> <laughs> the show itself is older than you. <laughs> There comes a time in a man's life. <laughs> Jay's been diagnosed with terminal grumpiness. We didn't want to tell anybody. It's just time. We're tired. Oh. His his uh the throbbing vein on his head doesn't work anymore. Jay, Jay needs time to stay home and keep kids off his lawn. Yeah, I gotta sit on the porch and make sure that the kids don't come around and mess with the petunias. Now technology has kind of changed and. You know, we've kind of gotten to when we started. There was a lot more stuff to talk about, and now right. stuff works. You know, fundraising has been hard. Other stuff has been hard. Progression has slowed down a lot, right? Yeah. So. Mm. It's up to you now. You're the yeah. new media. <laughs> you got to carry on for us. Uh-huh. You can start virtual reality bites. Do it in a virtual VR reality. environment. And... Just pitch it. Pitch a show to KPFT. That's right. You can have oh. our spot. <laughs> Please auction it off to the just highest bidder. Five dollars. We'll just say we're going to continue the show, and then we'll sublease the show. <laughs> it's like uh, Airbnb. It's Air T and B. Air technology bites. It's like Uber. Yeah, we should not have given up our spot. We should have leased it out to other. We should have sublet. Hey, Dwayne, has Dwayne left yet? No. All right. Or he's probably listening. So. All right. Any other questions for us? Uh, like I, I, w- I had a question about maybe what kind of monitor I should get. I recently custom built my own PC, but I'm running off of a 900p monitor. <laughs> oh, it's um, like a mostly it's, it's figure out your one. budget and get the best one. That... Well, I s- I recommend 24 inches or bigger. Yeah. <laughs> right, because I can only fit 24 inches on my desk. Really? There or you kinda go. Kind of in the corner of a closet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, 24 inches then, and decide what you want for your resolution, if you want 1080p right or now higher. now I'm running on an 18-inch HP monitor it's on a DVI connection. Yeah, you probably want you probably want something that, that does 2560 by 1440, which you may hear referred to right, as 1440p. That, okay. Yeah, that's what a 1070 would be capable of. Yeah, and if you've got that, if you've got a video card that is that is quick enough, you may want to decide on getting something like getting a monitor that supports either G Sync or Free Sync, depending upon if you have an, an if, AMD or if, an Nvidia if you, card. If you have a 1070, which uh, I have a GTX 1070, you'd yeah. want you'd want like a 1440p, right? That's yeah, you'd want 1440p, matched, yeah. potentially one with G Sync, depending upon that. That adds considerably to the cost. If you um, have but, space yeah. above, if the width is you know you're, the width you're limited to a 24 inch monitor. If you have some space vertically. You could get two 24-inch monitors 
turn them vertical and have huge space Mad as far scientist. as uh, with the kind hmm. of bezel and the, there'd be the bezel in the middle. Right. There would be the bezel. You, yeah. Right. Well, except you'd have sort of two full-size yeah. monitors. And... Yeah, but if you're playing like a first-person yeah, shooter, yeah. you want that horizontal, you, you know. I, I do kind of have a bit of space vertically. Or you, you could also just stack them. Yeah. You could have one that kind of looks down yeah, on I, you. I can stack them, but I can if maybe you... do two horizontals. All right, well. But uh, that, that, that's sort of out of my budget. Yeah. So yeah. Do you maybe have any suggestions, though? Well, I know that the number a decent twenty-four inch, ten eighty p, ten eighty p is you know you can get a decent twenty-four inch for a hundred bucks. Right, uh, yeah, I would... I've looked at some fourteen forty monitors, but those are really expensive. The cheapest one I've been able to find was like five hundred or something like oh, wow. that. that doesn't sound You're high. looking at nice monitors. Yeah, I would yeah. go shop the deals and wait around for a little bit, and you know a little bit of patience could yeah. pay off if you can find you know something that comes around. Especially um, like a uh, you know President's Day just passed. Yeah. Uh, like Memorial Day, like any of the like special holiday, Fourth of July, um, a lot of people start putting like sales out on. And monitors is something that a lot of times they'll put on sale, and they'll have like some cheap mm-hmm. monitor that they'll really mark down just a lot. Just to get people in the door a lot of yeah. times. So you know, micro right. centers. Yeah, Dell just had a forty percent off sale. Yeah, Dell has some Del? good monitors. Yeah, Dell has some good monitors, and I've 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 got some that they you know they're twenty seven they're twenty four inches run, a little less than two hundred dollars. It's oh, that's for, pretty good for really good specs and, yeah. and uh, high end, high end kind of stuff. But also, and maybe like if I had maybe a 100 hertz monitor, I could overclock, and that's what I did with my HP. Overclock the monitor. You can actually overclock the monitor because uh, the HP 2009M. It was uh, what I have. It was 60 hertz, but I was able to overclock it somehow to 75. That's yeah. That's not a huge deal. <laughs> yeah, changing the changing what you're the, driving the, the monitor. Refresh with frequency still is kind of. I don't know. Mac monitors used to refresh at 75 at back in. I don't do Mac. All right. Oh, no. Well, thanks for your call. We appreciate it tonight. Thanks so much. And uh... yeah. well, no, I'm not. I'm, this isn't about Mac versus PC. No, this no, is, no. This is about computers back in 1987 <clears throat> to refresh at that rate. All right. Unlike the ones that like oh. would refresh so that you could see the oh, see it flashing you as it's I, as I the scanner went through the screen. Your head hurt. Yeah. You yeah. See the lot. Make you your head hurt because you wanted that you wanted, ah. you wanted that resolution. Ah. See what I did there. Ah. You had to go to the thirty-two ah. hertz. You, you wanted the, yeah. You wanted that big nice resolution, but yeah, you had to drop down like below fifty sometimes, and it definitely like you would see it flickering. It would hurt your yeah. It hurt your brain. So it was a good one to do to the boss's computer if you wanted to get off early. <laughs> Jeez, I got a headache today, guys. We're going to have to all close early. Out early. <laughs> all right, Groove House. Yes. Who do we have up next? All right, up next, it's Shannon. Shannon, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hello, guys. I've been listening to you for on and off for about a year and a half now. It's when I finally found you on the radio. And uh, all I can say is, you know, I, I, I found Tech TV and... A year later, they went away, and here it is. I find you guys, and now y'all are going away. I must be cursed. Yeah, don't listen to anything else anyone else likes, man. That's... Don't watch Westworld. <laughs> don't tell him what not to watch. <laughs> watch it. Everyone go radio silent on anything. Well, cool. there, 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 are, there are years and years and years of podcasts you can go download from geekradio.com. That's not going away, so you can certainly... 
delve into the history of the show. Maybe well, we'll... I'm definitely going to do that, and I'm also going to show up at your geek gathering. I keep trying to get there, but uh, work usually prevents me. But this uh, this coming this this next geek gathering, I'll just have to make up some excuse for my boss that I got to leave early. It'll be not this so Friday, but not this Friday, but next Friday. Yeah, wait from this Friday. Chance. Yeah, come on out. Tell your boss mm-hmm. to come out. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm going to miss you guys. Um, I got one question. It's an easy one. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got my son's about to start taking uh, computer classes in high school. Yeah. And I am an IT guy, and I learned programming, but for me it was intuitive, so it's kind of hard for me to teach him. Right. Of all, and back when I was learning, there was very few programming languages out there. Um, I think my teacher found Pascal. That was Turbo the first object oriented programming language for me. Uh, what What do you recommend him learning? Python. Uh, Python. Yeah. Sharp. How old is he? Sorry, one more time. How old is he? Fifteen. Fifteen. I would. So he could, if he wants to actually like make things happen when he writes some code, you could get him mm-hmm. like a, a Raspberry Pi, and it comes loaded with all mm-hmm. the languages they just mentioned. It's Linux based, so you can you know download whatever language your heart wants, and it also comes with Etch. Uh, which gives him like a, an IDE, gives him some you know a scratch space to write some code, and he can actually make things happen with the GPIOs. And you can pick up a Raspberry Pi for like you know thirty bucks. So you do your well, coding on like a it, Windows it, computer connected to the Raspberry. No, Pi. no, no. The new this is awesome. So the brand new Raspberry Pi, like the Raspberry Pi three B, it's actually like a quad core machine with a good amount of RAM. And I've actually got it pushing like a fifty five inch TV monitor, and it looks like people come in and they don't realize what it is. Like where's the computer? It's like well it's <laughs> right there. And uh, yeah, you put in. It's got an HDMI. It's got Ethernet. It's got built-in Wi-Fi, built-in Bluetooth, and again, this is like. You well, know, like, we're talking about a 15-year-old kid who wants to learn how to program. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you you plug it in, you put in the card, and you get a Windows the desktop, and then you, you click you Windows click the little you click the Raspberry Pi, and then you click on Etch, and there's little tutorials to get them coding right away. Because it's Etch is geared so you towards get teaching a, you kids can get to program. A, okay, I'm play, you know I'm playing you know ignorant here. So you get um, the you get the Raspberry Pi. Yep. It's this little. Translucent plastic box. Not even a box, just pure board. It's yeah. just like it has nothing. Yep. And so you take this home, and it's like about pl- a credit card size or so. And yep. you, you plug a monitor into it. Yep. You plug power into plug it. Plug a mouse into plug it. Plug a mouse into plug it. Plug Ethernet. a keyboard to to it, and you turn it on, mm-hmm. and you get a desktop. Yep. No login. Right, right out the shoot. You yeah. don't have to. You don't have to load you, it up with. The- yeah, you want to get the thing that it comes with noobs. They say it's like a little eight gigabyte SD card. It comes bundled with a lot of them, or you can buy it separately. And it has like a lot of different operating systems on there. And I think the first thing you do is it pops up to a window, and you can choose. You can say, "Hey, I want to run noobs." Like it's noob, you know. So you're brand new to this stuff. It'll walk you through it. There's Raspbian. There's a couple other things on there. And if it you don't do anything, you know, twenty seconds goes by. It'll boot into. Um, uh, noobs, and it gives you a desktop, and it logs you in. You don't have to like go. Oh, what was the what was the default password? It just puts you in there, and you're ready to go. It's pretty amazing. Like you used to have to work a whole lot. So really, what it is, it's a straight up full computer, but instead of a big tower, it's a little bitty card sized thing. You just plug in all the connections, and if you don't have Ethernet, it's got Wi-Fi too. Well, I have a, one more step. So I have a I have a different perspective, and then a, a quick observation, and okay. I will I will relinquish the floor, <clears throat> especially if you guys are already a Microsoft centric household. Um, you can get the Community Edition of Visual Studio for free from Microsoft, and that'll give you the ability to. And it's, it's it's free. You just have to register for a Microsoft account. Um, the Community Edition of Visual Studio, which is the same IDE that basically every every non Mac commercial application is developed in Visual Studio almost exclusively. Um, you can get started with C Sharp, which is Microsoft's sort of modern spin on the on C. 
Um, it's very object oriented. I'm and it's <clears throat> and there is a uh, almost an inf- infinite amount of tutorials and stuff that you can drown in online. And experience in C sharp is would directly translate into a career. Now that being said, I don't know if that's fifteen year old material. And that, also, well, where, where I was going with it is this. That being said, there's a reason why when you take computer science classes at a university, they don't really focus on language. Because getting exposed to anything, whether it's messing around with a Raspberry Pi or screwing with Visual Studio or messing with Python or Ruby, anything that gets you immersed in the in the concepts of programming that makes you that gets your brain in that mindset of having to chop problems up into teeny tiny discrete steps and figure out what those steps are and why you have to do them, anything that gets that gets your kid in that mindset will be valuable. So. I mean, I guess, you know, everybody's going to have their pet programming language and, and pet projects that they like, but really anything, anything that gets him coding and gets his brain into coding mode will be a net See, positive no matter what he wants to I use. Just, I, I, think, I think C, any in the C derivatives, it, it's a little, like, deep nerd. Not that somebody couldn't jump right into it, but it's it's it it's, it's a, it's a lower growing, level. Yeah. And, and, like, Python... I don't know Python. I'm not a Python programmer. But there are a ton of them out there, and there's a ton of it that's geared towards kids learning because it's more of a scripting language than a, like a compiled yeah, deep that's language. Something that goes... and, and there's a lot of books. There's a lot yeah. of books, Python books, for like teaching kids to code, teaching, teaching them concepts, coding concepts to get them to do stuff. Python and Ruby both are probably the two solid like beginner, beginner languages. The, the hardest thing here, and I, I see like, you know, a lot of, like I, I do some stuff with kids here and they're mainly friends kids that were IT things and say, hey, we want to learn how to code and stuff like that. Uh, are we, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's so, the Python march. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Jay. All right. No, but so, I want to chime in on mm-hmm. the conversation just a little bit. You know, the, the caller asked about his 15-year-old kid introducing them you know like to him it's innate he, mm-hmm. he had a he had a he had a knack for it no problem <clears throat> 15 year olds an unknown quantity right so i'm thinking that you know the average 15 year old kid probably has a windows computer already i'm not talking about going out and buying hardware even though raspberry pis are very inexpensive and but you're still having there's a you know there's an output of funds there and then there's this, the real estate desk place to set it up have it spare keyboard spare mouse all that stuff that's you know you're talking about 100 bucks yeah. easily oh, yeah. so if you already have a windows computer and you're saying hey you know i'd like to dip my toe into programming you could certainly do that with something like Lee was talking Visual about. Visual Studio Community, and, which actually well, is basically the continuance of the old Visual Basic. You get the form designer where you can drag and drop control. And you, you could also and, and you can also avail yourself of just being on a familiar operating system and all the YouTubes and all the tutorials and all of that stuff. And That's doing a, Python. Yeah. I mean, the, the main issue here that I, that I was going to lead into is it's a lot of people's eyes will glaze over if you can't start actually writing code that does something fairly quickly. And a lot of these IDEs, it's like, you know, my first language, you had to do a lot of stuff just to be able to get that code to compile and get it somewhere. So if you've got to install the IDE, get this, get this library, click this, click this, make this, install this, it's a lot of work. And you're going to, you know, that's that's half the battle. I, I'm trying to suggest, you know, or I would suggest trying to find something that where you click a button and you've got something that runs immediately to where they can click, boom, they can see what it does. If you add a whole bunch of like professional developer tools in there that you, you can streamline yeah. them, I think they're going to get bogged down. It's also hard to learn without a goal, especially something as esoteric as programming. That's so totally you, the case for me. Like, if you sit down and you're like, I want to learn how to code, then after about 30 minutes of reading a tutorial, you're like, I want to go eat now because I don't like coding. Either that or, oh, hello world. Yeah, but, if you, but if you start off with, I want to write a, 
uh, like I want to write a saved game editor for a game that I like. That and that's a complicated goal, but you can break that down into steps. It's like, well, first I need to figure out like what does the save game file format look like, and how can I open files for writing, and how can I read the variables that I want. And you know, it'll take you on a a journey with a destination rather than just you know a trip to learn how to drive. Go do go to Scratch. Like if you Scratch.mit.edu, this is the MIT stuff that they put out for kids to learn how to do, and it starts out with a Scratch the Cat, like with Turtle Logo, which oh, it's like the remember. Turtle Logo. Yeah, this stuff. is what I'm saying. So this what Scratch is is Scratch is designed to teach kids how to program, whether they're five all the way up to like 18, 19, and carry them through as far as they want to go, and it makes it fun and it's online. So Scratch.mit.edu. So it's MIT courseware for kids, but it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, he tried Scratch. He hated Scratch. Ah. It's, it's, it's funny you mentioned the Raspberry Pi because I do have one uh, sitting right next to my TV. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a Microsoft household. We're a Linux household. So. Python and Ruby. Learn Ruby. <laughs> no well, Python. Appkit, install Python. Yeah, go get Python. Go get Go. Check out Go. Although Go will ruin a developer, depending on you know how they come into it. But I would say you know just something really basic. Like, to see, uh, like... go buy go buy like a. I think No Starch Press makes a Python for Kids book. No Starch is, is pretty good stuff. Well, that's like 15 so weird, though. That's the thing. So if he hates Scratch, he's probably thinking that that's too kid-like. And yeah, but too... I, no, I'm not, I'm not sure because I didn't look at the book. But it may not be, you know, just for, like, five-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, But it won't be, like, C Sharp or C or C++ that's kind of deeper beyond yeah, you can't jump jump right in as easily programming. just right off the bat just dive right in Russ. you know what actually since he's such a blank slate if you if you force him to learn fortran he can support <laughs> you in your retirement i know fortran and it doesn't support me <laughs> that was the third programming language i ever learned that was that, that was my and, second that and cobol i taught myself basic and then, and then I learned Fortran. Or, you know, just if instead of picking a language, just pick a goal. Say, like, hey, we want to, like, you know, do the CyberSafe thing where you learn how to do encryption. Actually walk him through it because you can, I'm sure, look over his shoulder and kind of guide him. But give him something like, hey, let's write this to do this. Out of the, the goal is out of the house by 18, supporting your parents by 21. <laughs> That's right. Or you can get a real deal on one of those that you have to fill in the punch cards program, and he can work his way Hey, up. I have a box of those punch cards that just, I kept from work when we, back when we had it. Yep. So. Well, I hope so. that helps you a little bit. Hey, thank you guys very much, and uh, I will, I'm, looking, I'm not looking forward to your last show but I'll be listening in. So All right. take awesome. care. Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you so much. All, All right. right. I was oh. going to tell him that he should he should really look into Justin Bieber. Like look deep into Justin Bieber? Into his soul? Oh, wait, he doesn't <laughs> like really have get one. into Justin Bieber. Because <laughs> he said he gets into something and it goes away. Uh, <laughs> I ran Hannah Montana Lennox for a year and a half. Really? <laughs> yeah, just because. And then he then he found out it was actually so so was HTML. so was Hannah Montana Linux. Is it anything except just like the desktop and like no, it's, a, 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 basically a desktop overlay with Hannah Montana? Pretty stuff much. On, you on can say you're running HTML. Is there a is there a Miley Cyrus fork that's all like oh, uncontrolled? And there is a now? there is a Belieber. Um, I think it's done by the same guy that did uh, the Hannah Montana one. Belibix. Oh, I love Linux. Pretty much if you just, if you come up with your own distro, you can just change a couple things, <laughs> license it correctly, and push it on out there. Call it whatever you want to. The dropped phone Linux. All right, one last call before we take a break at the top of the hour to do the news or whatever. All right. Or something. <laughs> something. Groovehouse. Yes. Hi, Groovehouse. Hi, Jake. How are you doing? I'm good. All right, who do we have? Up next, it's White Wolf. White Wolf. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, you're Hello. on here. I apologize for having it on a speakerphone, but I have to make notes. 
and I have to ask a serious question. All you right. brought up about, uh, and I'm computer illiterate, and you guys know that. You brought up about uh, uh, a laptop that's available for six $800. Yeah. I just got an iPhone, and I'm learning. <laughs> I, I'm computer illiterate. Okay. Where, where and who and how much? If you're computer, are you internet literate? Do you do you want to be on the internet? Is that kind of your main goal with your computer? You know, I'm working at this. Okay, I've been fighting with this for long longer than you, almost as long as you've been alive. Hmm. Okay. I apologize. You brought something up a little bit back. Somebody's got a deal. There was for a MacBook Best Air. Buy. Yeah. Best Buy has a MacBook Air 13 inch for about 800 bucks, which is a deal if you're in the market for a MacBook Air that's new. Right, go, I, if I'm going to deal with this iPhone, I've got to keep things the same. It's, it is advisable. I yes. mean, it's, it's especially if you don't mind the price of the laptop, if you're okay with that, and you're if you are not all that computer literate and you don't really care about Windows versus Mac, if you don't have a, a dog in that race, then, yeah, keep them the same. Get the Apple computer to go with the Apple phone. You'll probably be happier. Where? Best Buy, yeah, I think it was is Best the one Buy. that's offering the deal. Although, you know what? Not to, uh, we don't recommend. I mean, I'm just saying that's where I heard that was. If if you have access to the internet through your phone, even if you put in, um, you know, if you put in like MacBook Air 13 inch and Google it, when the results come up, there'll be a tab that you know one of the options underneath the, where the search field will be shopping. And if you click that, it's going to show you. The range of prices available, like online and stuff you like know, that. The only point about mentioning that one particular deal is just to let people know that there are good prices to be had out there. Whether or not that's the best deal or whether that's a good deal or not, we can't say. But it's an indicator that the prices, you know, the, there are people out there aggressively trying to sell you a computer for a good price. And if you do a little hunting, you'll find it. You can go to apple.com and search their refurbs. But if you're just looking for an off-the-shelf solution, you know, do some shopping. We're really not in a position to be able to promote or, you know, necessarily recommend one thing over the other. And uh, we wish you a lot of luck in finding a computer that suits your needs. All right. Well, we are, well, we've still got plenty of time. Do you want to get on the information superhighway? I do. I do. <laughs> if you have spyware, call Jay Lee. <laughs> Technology rights is going off the air. Lee Hutchinson's home phone number. <laughs> we don't want anyone to think that we're leaving them, you know, high in, in the lurch. We're, we are going to pass out Lee's phone number on the last episode, I believe, yes. right? Yes. And his email address also, and everything else. Also, we put the answers to any question you might have. Are we've put on them the out internet. on the internet? On the internet. <laughs> Technology Bites is going into Easter egg format, so where every little bit of the show can be found some corner of the internet we're if going, you look hard enough. We're becoming one with the force. We're hidden so behind we're a website called Google. <laughs> when you're searching for the answer, there'll be little ghostly figures of us over your shoulder. You can't see us though. If you we're, turn, we'll disappear. We're you shuffling a, off this mortal coil. You to have live a fan in the, in the in the chat, Jay. Somebody says that they bought a Mac finally because of you. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I'm just. I'm going to assume it was mostly because of you, because of something you did. <laughs> really? Something you said about Windows. Can this be talked about on the air? I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. That's your vet. Pure speculation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we know her. Yeah, oh. but she's a longtime friend of the show. Long she finally bought a Mac. According well, to what she yeah, said on chat.geekradio.com, where you can come and chat with us if you would like. She works at the NASA's. 
Does she does she fly in space? She does. Awesome. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, man. Without a spaceship or a suit. <laughs> nice job if you can get and it. NASA's still probably got some power PC Max running somewhere running critical I software. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, Groovehouse, who do we have? That was a new story. All right, up next, we're going to speak with Max. Max, you're on hey. the air. Hey. A uh, couple of uh, interesting questions. Uh, I was a Fortran programmer at the Spacecraft Center for many years. I was project lead on the Apollo Optical Mission Design Program. And after Apollo ended, and I was working in a different capacity, uh, I ran across a program called Speak Easy. Uh, originated in Chicago, it was Fortran based, and I cannot remember the guy who who was uh, the, the guru behind it. And his purpose was to get Fortran to do you know, like raster counting on screen displays uh, to become kind of a system thing and compete with uh, uh, what's the... Stanley uh, Cohen. Pardon? Stanley Cohen, I believe, was the person here that was behind I it. I think you're right. You're correct. And uh, he sent me a copy of what he had, and, and he was trying to get his package to compete. What was the... Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm having trouble remembering the name of the program that was uh, on Unix to replace Windows. What's the name of that? That uh, replaced the, Windows? They replaced yeah. X Windows or replaced? A, a Unix-based program is used instead of Windows. Oh, you mean OS X maybe? No. No, no that's Macintosh. Irix? BOS, Xenix. I don't know that Windows has been replaced. Yeah, I don't think, I'm, unless you mean a Windows manager that sits on top of the Unix box, I'm not entirely sure what you're asking. Uh, a, uh, well, it was, it was going to do what Windows does for, and it does do what Windows does for Unix. Gnome. KDE? Well, Gnome. I'm calling it Gnome. Linux. Gnome? Yeah. It, is, it, it, is it something Fox? Firefox? It, is that Unix space? No, Firefox is a web browser. No, Fire, yeah, Firefox is a, is a web browser. Is a web browser. Yeah. Uh, well, well, he wanted he wanted a a speakeasy Fortran based web browser, which uh, under Fortran sort of with the speakeasy uh, connections to it. Uh, I don't guess it ever really went anywhere. <laughs> it didn't replace Windows, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it did not. Uh, then let's see. Uh, I did have another. The question, direction, uh, y'all could take, uh, uh, you know, one of NASA's uh, purposes uh, from Congress, uh, making NASA a civilian agency rather than a uh, Defense Department-based, was to spin off Defense Department technology, much of which was secret, into, into the public discourse, what was one of NASA's purpose. Right. And today, uh, I suspect that what NASA's job is going to become is really to train astronauts. Uh, and the rest of the work dealing in space is going to happen in private. And right. Yeah. The private sector is definitely going to pick up a lot of the slack on 
on uh, the hardware aspect. Did you see that Falcon Dragon launch? That, yeah, That's that was pretty amazing. awesome. And the recovery. Dragon. Although NASA, what, what? this this last launch, I know Nat, Lee just walked back in the room. He's probably more the authority on this than I am. But I know that NASA's been giving a lot of oversight into companies like SpaceX to see mm-hmm. if they trust them to let them carry astronauts up into space. Because, you know, as you know, we've, we pulled the plug on the shuttle programs. They've been looking around. But, yeah, I, I don't know. NASA's role is kind of sketchy, especially under the, the current administration. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that private industry is going to have to pick up, or not have to, but gets to pick up, you know, a lot of the excitement and a lot of the momentum. So... Do you think a private entity like SpaceX or, or somebody, or, or would they form a consortium to train the astronauts from all over the world who will participate in, in uh, like, international space stations? So, you know, or, Max, that's that's actually an interesting question. I was uh, I was working with, I have a co-worker, Eric Berger, um, and we were at the NBL um, two weeks ago. NBL? the neutral buoyancy lab, the big pool where they train all the astronauts. We were there two yeah. weeks ago talking about talking to them about, you know, what the facility is going to be used for in the in the commercial space future as, as because you know it's a huge sunk cost, right? It's this massive right. sunk cost. Haha, <laughs> that was a joke. O- oil um, oil rig repair. Yeah. Well no no I mean essentially the the role that NASA would play in in this you know new space commercial world would would still be one of of sort of oversight and training and 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 like a knowledge repository so well, spacex well, wouldn't for instance train <clears throat> from start to finish their own pack of astronauts they would in whole or part allow nasa to do the training uh, on a lot of that, because NASA has the facilities to do the to do all of these things, including the including the NBL. And I, I hear the music, so I'll stop. I think there'd be that. And the other thing I would say is NASA. I think their role, at least currently, is there to is to be there to be the smart customer, right? Because those yes. companies aren't going to know it. what to build if if NASA isn't giving them the kind of specs. Well, Max, we're out of t- we're out of time at the top of the hour. We appreciate your call and be and you being a listener. And thanks for calling in tonight. We yeah, get for going. Your NASA service. Yes, yeah, thanks, thanks for the service. All right, and uh, that music tells us that we have to take a short break, so we're going to do that. Take a short break. So we're in the final hour of the penultimate show coming up after the these messages. Hour. You have been listening to <laughs> and loving Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's Groovehouse. Yes, he is. Pancakes with a Purpose. On Tuesday, March 7th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., with select locations offering extended hours until 10 p.m., celebrate National Pancake Day at IHOP and receive a free short stack of pancakes. Then make a donation to one of IHOP's charitable partners, such as Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. 
every stack served helps reach the goal of raising 3.5 million for children battling critical illnesses. Since National Pancake Day began in 2006, IHOP and its guests have raised more than 24 million for charity. Your donation does wonders for these great charities. You're listening to 90.1 KPFT Houston. Good morning, Judith. What may be my fine? Support KPFT by donating your unwanted vehicle. No matter if it's a car, motorcycle, boat, or RV, when you make a donation, your vehicle is resold at an auto auction, and the proceeds help to support KPFT programming. To donate your vehicle to KPFT, call 1-855-KPFT-CAR. That's 1-855-573-8227. And your car doesn't always have to be running either, but it does have to have an engine and be towable. And you must be the legal title holder. There's no cost to you, and you help out the station you enjoy with your vehicle donation. Again, to donate your vehicle to KPFT, call 1-855-KPFT-CAR. That's 1-855-573-8227. Thanks for your support. This is KPFT Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM KBFT Houston. We now return to Technology Bit. <laughs> yes. And that's why you should always code your unit tests after you're done writing your application. Yeehaw. Dirty laundry. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully no one's listening. Oh, I was I was saying that I, I didn't realize that was really. <laughs> Let's change the subject. <clears throat> Oops. So. So. Well, I see we have a call in the queue. I was going to say we that, have more that, calls tonight more, than we've had. In like, this is more calls than I've ever had on on in my time on the show. I want you to have the best, even more than ec- than during a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> even people asking questions. This is like attending your own funeral. Man, I, I'm so glad. <laughs> wow. Whatever kind of fantasies I had of doing that later on, this teaches me you don't want to do that. <laughs> because at your funeral, Jay, somebody's going to be like, "Well, I love Jay Lee, and I'm sad he's gone." What kind of laptop should I buy? Jay, <laughs> is Jay Lee's laptop available? I brought this laptop. Wait, wait. That somebody gave me outside, and it seems to have. I want to rub my it. laptop on Jay Lee's corpse to have it cured of spyware. <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> you never know. Don't kill me to find out. I did some googling, and it, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you. It looks like the the SpaceX training program right now is to watch the the right stuff. That's all you got to do, and they will slap you on the back and send you up in space. There's problems with that movie too. I have. There's some continuity errors, aren't there? Some continuity errors. Yeah. They they really unfairly paint well, Grissom as being the, although their the bad guy. Rate went up a lot more than when they showed them Apollo 13 to train them. <laughs> yeah, Wait, you, gotta, you mean I either get to go or I don't get to sleep and I have to be in a simulator under exactly the same conditions? All right, I'm not going to space. If Sandra Bullock's up there, uh, or they were watching Space Camp. That was the other one that. that uh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, that was the childhood. Love one of my favorite that movie. That made yes. me want to go to Space Camp. I that did, and then I wow. found out that Space Camp actually involves a lot of math, and it's really, <laughs> it's really not just like screwing around in the simulators all day long and Parents playing. Said, You're going to Math Camp. Yeah, just like Space like, Camp. No math way. Math Camp. <laughs> Only not in Alabama. Oh. Fat camp. <laughs> you know, well, that was kind of, that's synonymous with math camp. camp. But there wasn't a lot of space because it was fat camp. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> that is mean. But it was funny. Ah, but you'll be mean if you go to space camp and. Who's the mean the kid now? <laughs> All right, crew house. Yes. Who do we have in the queue? In the queue for the second half of the penultimate show, it's Lonnie. Lonnie, you're on the air with Technology Bites. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I just wanted to call and tell you guys. This, I guess, this is part of a eulogy. <laughs> now to say a few maybe, words maybe for my laptop and i know the show is going off the air but uh this is the question i have uh, i have a dell xps m1330 and it was salvaged uh from the junkyard uh, not from the junkyard but from the, the landfill or whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right so my cousin works on a garbage truck, and the lady gave it to him, so he gave it to me. Okay. So, this, so this you are you are not being on. like metaphorical here. This this was like literally salvaged from the landfill. No, this, this no, was, it was really saved salvaged. from the landfill. Saved from the saved. landfill. It was it was prevented from going to its ultimate destination. He, he is the penultimate <laughs> destination. <laughs> for this go. So <laughs> what I'm trying to do is give it a second life. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay here's the problem. The, the, the previous owner of it. They already erased everything off it. Okay, that was but, smart of them because, you know, we have no idea what the garbage men are into and what they may yeah. do with our data, so we have to protect it because you don't know who they're going to give this computer to. Hopefully they'll clean up the data. So Okay, so they wiped so, it clean, which is, is understandable, which is what yep. people should do when they get rid of a computer. Yep. Yeah. So you got a computer that doesn't do anything. Well, it, I can get on here and I can watch a movie and everything, oh. but the, the speakers don't play, and I was trying to get into it to to see if I could uninstall and then turn it off and then turn it back on and see if it would recognize it. But uh, the person who owned it, they have a, a password that won't let you change anything, but I can do everything else on it. <laughs> Which password? Is this a password that you, like, a, a, like a, a, when you boot the computer, when you first turn it on before it loads Windows? No, 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 no. Just, just whenever you're getting ready to change something into the computer. Like an admin, admin password, yeah. Right. Okay. And, so, and I tried to, the boot process and, and change the password myself, but I don't think that worked because I still can't do it and it's still popping up. Right. So you don't have an admin account on the computer so you can't no. really do anything with it. Now, there are ways to get around that, but it takes a little bit of tech savvy to be able to do it. There's a there's a, a program called NT Password. Uh, it's N-T-P-A-S-S-W-D, but it, it involves uh, making a bootable CD or a bootable thumb drive to be able to boot the computer into a form of Linux, which allows you to go in and find the administrator account and reset the password to something. Yeah. But it's a little okay, involved. Even if, it, even if it's running Linux right now, because he, the person had Linux on it. Is it's it, Linux oh. right now? Is it running Linux yes. right now? Oh, that's... Yes, right now I'm looking at it. It's running Linux Mint 17 Cinnamon oh. Oh, you can 64 reset bit. password. Well, I mean, you can you can pull the drive and reset. There are a couple ways you can do it, actually. If you can get okay. a... If you can boot from a CD or boot from a USB or boot into any other Linux that you can boot into. Do you want to learn Linux? Yeah, you can yeah, you let's, learn yeah, Linux. Take it a yeah. step back. Do you, I, was kind of you... hoping, I was kind of hoping that I can go back to Windows Vista. That it, I will just, was... <laughs> just get a copy of that and install it on there. Yeah, you can. so you can go to, um, you can actually get this. Well, actually, if it's a Dell, you could probably contact yeah. Dell. 
uh-huh. for a copy of the restore media or the recovery media for that model computer. Yeah, that's what you should do. And they'll, I think they'll charge you like ten dollars plus shipping to to get the okay. OE, to get the disc. And basically, what you'll do is you'll take the disc and you'll put it in the disc drive and you'll start the computer up and choose to boot from. It should have instructions, hopefully. Boot from that disc and it will look at the computer and say, "Okay, I'm going to put all the original software back onto the computer." Okay, and that might be something you could try doing. You could try copying yeah, your best I, bet. Yeah, I'm not good at Linux, and I, I don't. I, and here's the here's the story to that, Mr. J. Lee. <laughs> I was in prison for 12 years, and I used to listen to you guys almost every Wednesday. Oh yeah! Oh wow, man! Awesome. Yeah, and and I and I wrote you guys a rap song to change the theme song up from years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but but now that I'm home. And this, all this technology is new for me. I have my first smartphone. You're home. You don't need us anymore. We're gonna, we're gonna go away now because you're, because <laughs> well, you're you out, guys man. going up there. Finally, <laughs> you're free. We can call it quits. We don't have to. I think, I think you guys waited for for me to get out before you get in the show. Well, we heard you were getting out. We figured we needed to leave town. <laughs> well, glad you're out. Glad you're home. Listen, yeah, just call. call that's your best bet, right? Call up Dell. Get the restore uh-huh. media because I mean you got to look at it from a perspective of like how much is your time worth, right? How long yeah. do you want to spend screwing around with this? And you can get some valuable, you know, skills out of messing with it. But I mean, if you want to run Windows, then get the restore media from Dell uh, and and run Windows on it. And if you can't, if if for whatever reason it's not available or they they don't have that disk image anymore or whatever, um, you can get a copy of Windows 10. Um, from Microsoft, I don't know what the I don't know what the cost is to pick up a, a Windows 10 license. I can't imagine it's big though. If if you Google the XPS M1330, the model Dell XPS, yeah. uh, one of the things that comes up under the shop for Dell XPS M1330 on Google is Dell OEM restored discs. There you go. Twenty six ninety nine. Perfect place. Okay, twenty six. So you can yeah. if you can't Dell. What did you say it was OEM? OEM? OEM, which is original original equipment, equipment manufacturer. Yeah, check on okay. that uh, on the bottom of that laptop. Probably on the bottom, you'll see a you will probably see a fancy multicolored sticker that's got some kind of Windows key on it. That'll be you'll need that with the, the Dell media to reinstall. It'll be, it, it's, no, it should, it should be like a Microsoft Windows Certificate of Authenticity tag or something. They still do those, right? Yeah. So do COE tags? Well, yeah, I, well, I see they it. it's a Dell, it's a Dell uh, tag, kind of bluish green. Probably, yeah. Faded you'll, you'll need that to do the, to do the reinstall. It's going to ask you for those numbers and you'll need them. Okay, okay. But yeah, just get the media from Dell and do that. That's your best bet. That'll, that'll be the thing that will take the least <clears> amount of time and will, will result in the, the least amount of work and get you a functional system running how it's supposed to when it left the factory. Okay. And I, I want to thank you guys. And I also want to tell you, Jay Lee, that I did move, get out of town. I'm living in New Orleans now. Wow. <laughs> Listening to us from New Orleans. Nice. All right. You guys have a nice night, man, and I'm sorry to hear y'all going, man. All right. Thank well, thanks you, for the call tonight, and congratulations on doing your time and getting out and trying yeah. to get a computer Good working. Luck. All right, you too, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You too. We cleared the Did we ever get a rap song? Did he did he mail that to us? I, he he he. Probably, probably something Pete took and and has at home. Oh, I, I, I yeah. remember. The, I remember he. I, uh, Smiling Bob got it. Uh huh. And showed it to us, and we looked at it. Okay. <laughs> did we perform it? We did not. No. Find it and do it for the finale. Uh, all right, Lee will be doing his one man <laughs> rap show. I got the I got the flow, man.
Uh-oh. <laughs> Although I don't know, I, I can't. It's Sounds probably, like you need a doctor. It won't be. <laughs> it won't be radio safe. I wouldn't be able to do it because you should. You, know. you should take some Metamucil. <laughs> no, I've got the flow. The flow's not the problem. You stop the flow. Can't stop the flow. Well, man, we wiped the cue out. I guess it's time for Pete to do the news or something. Oh, no, no. Somebody, I see the phone's ringing. I'm enjoying the calls. Yeah. All right, well, Groove House screens a call. You know, we want to remind everyone that this is the second-to-last episode of Technology Bytes, so if you want to call in... Yeah, don't make us work. Keep calling. Yeah, the calls are great. You know, we appreciate the kind words. Call really... now or forever hold your peace is coming up real soon. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to come up next. It could be... Uh, it could be... Uh, I don't know what's going to end up Do we have, this have some kind of special deal for the last caller? Like, you're going to make Dwight be, there, be our final caller next week I'll or make something? him the prize to the last caller. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A romantic Ooh, a evening week, with with Venus and my house. At Dwight's house. You'll just show up at the Geek Gallery Friday and we'll send you home with Dwight. Bring yeah. your own cheese. That's right. Dwight has a cat named Venus and a cat named Milo. I wonder if the la- the Milo cat is controversial like Milo Catalanopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's moved right past controversial to unemployed and uninteresting. So, so the the, the Twitter folks were really kind of freaking out about that because apparently he is on, Milo is in the U.S. right now on like a, I forget what the class is. It's like an O-1 visa. He's he's in he's in the U.S. right now on an employer-sponsored like important person visa. And he just quit. So no one is really sure like if we have to deport Milo now or, or what. Wow, there's got to be some heads spinning in the White House if you're following that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his former boss is uh, that's such working a, there. That's such a bunch of words I can't say on the radio. Uh, well, it's finally... <laughs> we do have a call, I, I McHugh. I'll say before we take the call is it's about time... You know, trolls can go for a certain amount of time, but there is an expiration date on well, it. Milo's Milo hit his. epic, dude. Milo is beyond... I mean, he's... I, I mean, I, I don't want to, we're talking about Milo, how do you say his last Yanopoulos. name? Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos, formerly of Breitbart. Um, he's, he's, he's a, he's a chameleon. I don't he's know. A, he's an odd mixture of things. That, I honestly don't uh, know what he really believes. Like, I have no idea what. I'm fairly he's sure he's weave. Troll, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to peel off he the mask. He's going to be weave. It's going to be weave. Just Actually, wait. Weave. I could stick it, you know, maybe <clears throat> weave or, well, no, weave's somewhere in a. Is that a comic book a, character? A, a ex-Soviet country, I believe. Oh, yeah, he, he he bailed. He ran away. That's funny. Hmm. But well, he, he should have stayed. Cause he's very he's, into uh, Odin. The, the, and then you know. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, had, uh, he got some tats in prison. Thing. Yeah. Right. Man. Yeah. Okay. All right, Groove House. Time to work some miracles, Jay. It's uh, Michael with a dead PC. Michael, you're on the air with Technology Bites. Michael from Dell PC. Michael <laughs> Dell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have an HP. I guess the thing. Um. This afternoon, working on my laptop, it went, it flickered, and I figured it was just one another one of those uh, video card things, and it pops back. You know, I've been having that issue for a while, but it just didn't do anything. Yeah, this so is like the dying person it, in the bed. I mainly powered it down, times, and, and I powered it back up, and it just gives me that little circle of dots going around and around clockwise, and will never, it won't boot back up. It won't boot at all? Yeah. So you've been making backups religiously, right? Well, uh, (laughs) 
Uh, well, the, the, everything I'm concerned about that I use for work is in the software I use. It's in their fault, their cloud, so I'm not too concerned about that. Do you have the recovery media for this? I mean, do you have a way to restore the computer back to a previous state? Uh, I think uh, that I, I think I have set a uh, restore date. I don't, I don't remember. All right, here's what I would try. But the Here, thing is, is, the machine's only like not even a year old. If it's less than a year old and it's under warranty, call the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. seriously, if if, if yeah. it's under a year old, you've got support from the manufacturer. So if it's an HP, call <laughs> HP. Now, yeah. but if you don't want to, if you don't want to take the time to call them for the free support that they owe you, um, one thing you can try is there's an option. If you press the F8 key as the computer's starting up before it loads Windows, it'll bring yeah. you to a selective startup menu. Right. And one of the options in the selective startup menu is last known good configuration. Okay. And that will take it back to the right. last time it knew it was could work. Right. And it might okay. allow the computer to start. That although, might, although your description of it flickering and doing stuff, but then it was okay for a long time. Sounds now, like it could be like harder. hardware, and that's where you want HP involved because then they can right. give you a new one that works. Right, or they'll fix whatever. Well, that, I called on that where it would just display uh, whatever uh, and then come back. And they said that was just software issue. They give update the drivers on it, and I'm like, well, why does it keep happening? You know, and they so. Well, you have to stay on them sometimes. I, I mean, know. when you're dealing with support, but if it turns out, I mean, if it's not, if it's hardware, it's not going to get better, and the warranty's going to expire, and you need to make <laughs> them t take care of this. Right, and that's another thing. When I bought it, it was like the warranty was uh, had two months left, so I got to hurry up and do something about it. When, where did you buy it from? Best Buy. Best Buy. You could also, you know, you can also take it to Best Buy because they should honor, honor. the manufacturer's yeah. warranty. I worked right. at Best Buy and we honored the manufacturer's warranty. So if you've got a computer that's got yeah, a problem, you go there and swap it out. I would, I would, so, and they could also give you guidance because you could go talk to the geeks over there behind the mm -hmm. behind the counter, let them tell you what's up, and if they need to get HP involved to get it fixed, they should be able to do that. Cool. Okay, I might just take the morning off and well, I have to. I computer to work on, but uh, I got an old one I can pull out of the closet and work on. So, but on another note, um, you know, I haven't tuned in in a while to you guys, so y'all are like over and out. Yep, we're over and out. Yep. Wow. Four hundred four not found. Well, we kept asking for you to call, and we'd keep doing the show longer, and you tuned out. Well, so. I, you know, y'all have been a staple at K fifty for a while, and I know K fifty's went through a lot of changes, but. Um, I've always enjoyed it every time I tune in to you guys, so it's Hank. Well, appreciate Best of luck. That. Godspeed. All right. Thanks for your call tonight. Have a good one. Mm. Yep. Good luck. You know, go talk to Best Buy. I, mean, I, still, I still do like the fact <clears throat> I like the fact that we are apparently so popular among the incarcerated population because it makes me, like, if I ever happen to get arrested for doing something, I know that I can just flash my KPFT badge once I'm in prison, and no one will try to murder or you know attack me. You just well, got to fix a lot of computers. No, I'm from I'm from KPFT. I was on the Technology Bite Show. I'm uh, you know you guys all like us, right? We uh, don't know uh, why they were playing our show in prison. It could be for punishment. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's kind of like the Nickelback really thing, where yeah. the, the cops put you in the back of the squad car and play Nickelback. <laughs> but uh, there's a Nickelback lover out there somewhere. But you know, go in there and they're gonna go. Are you the guy that's the C-sharp guy? <laughs> no, I'm We're the spyware guy. We're all Python here in the joint. <laughs> spyware guy. I always guy. figured that if, if I ended up in prison that my, my geek skills would, you know, save my life. 
You know, I I find <clears throat> I find some way like to the like Shawshank Redemption. That would be your accounting skill. <laughs> Jay Lee <laughs> maneuver. Are you? Are, when are Jay you, Lee uh, first. <laughs> are you like uh, trying to channel Mr. Robot now? Ooh. Whoa! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we've only got forty minutes left to go in the penultimate technology bites episode. So why don't we do? Out of sequence. What if we do? What? what if we just do dead air? We do that, we do that already. That's some expensive dead air. That trade. <laughs> High on cocaine. Oh, not that dead. All right. Oh, the dead. The dead. All right. Why don't we do? Should we do the info shot? Is it good stuff? What's the best segment? What's the best segment of all the stuff here? We're just doing everything out of order anyway. Yeah. Is um, the info shot the segment to do, or should we do something else? All of them are all, all of them are good, equally stuff. good. Pete says I I created each of these segments <laughs> and I love them all they the same. Have, well, there's five news stories, four bite of the apple, and four try by or fries. Let's do the technology bites info shot because we need to hear that song, regardless of times. anything else. <laughs> at least two more times. Yep. <laughs> so take it away, info shot. It's the technology bites info shot. Technology news and commentary by Peter Hughes. Injected directly into your skull. So, for these last shows, you kind of go, you know, I, on the news, I'm not going to, you know, first off, in-depth reporting, yeah. Yes, I'm just starting the beginning of a 10-part expose on the technology. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I figure, look towards the future. Look at what's coming. <gasps> Optimistic kind of a stuff. Train. Especially since there's plenty of crummy stories about the current state of affairs so just like all good science fiction we'll look ahead to a to a better kinder gentler dystopia than the one we live in today uh no so uh um this one this one the the headline that somebody obviously they're looking for clickbaity headlines here at fast company five ti- although they do say five tiny ways nanoscience will change our lives and none of them are particularly like ginormously life-changing but uh um i thought this part was kind of cool at the beginning it says um russian author boris zitkov wrote the 1931 short story micro hands in which the narrator creates miniature hands to carry out intricate surgeries and while that was nearly 90 (laughs) years ago the tale illustrates the real fundamentals of nanoscience so i mean that's pretty kind of cool somebody coming up with basically the same concept because what is it nano stuff is you're moving around atoms and molecules so uh and yeah and a prediction of our current um current head of the executive branch uh nanoscience is the study of molecules that are one billionth of a meter in size uh, to put this into perspective, a human hair is between 50,000 and 100,000 nanometers thick. It's 100,000 nanometers thick if you have really fat hair, you know. Uh, at this tiny size, materials possess properties that lie somewhere between a lump of metal and that of a single atom. Uh, so uh, this is five things that Fast Company says are cool nano things that will actually affect your life in the near future. Um, Metagels is one of them. Uh, in video games like Bioware's Mass Effect, players are able to heal characters' injuries with the seemingly miraculous Metagel. Though it may not give you the unlimited life or epic adventure of a video game, uh, there is a real-life gel that similarly can stop an arterial bleed in seconds. Uh, Vetigel, of course, they couldn't have the cool name like uh, Metagel. 
uh, is made of polysaccharide polymers found in the cell walls of plants, which, when applied to wounds, can mimic the structure of the extracellular matrix, the complex web in which cells sit. Uh, the, the gel essentially acts as scaffolding for the matrix to reform, pulling it back together and stopping bleeding without any pressure. So in a, in a sense, basically, it's like the structure where the skin cells need to be, and so then when the stuff fills in, it fills in in an orderly way instead of the kind of clumpy, scarry type thing. Um, healing molecules. Um, indeed, wound healing is a key feature of many an action-packed science fiction plot line. Handheld tools have been, already been created similar to Star Trek's dermal regenerator to heal injuries. On the nano level, a team has developed gel nanoparticles that target a specific enzyme which slows the migration of skin cells to wounds. Uh, they hypothesized that re reducing the levels of this enzyme would increase rates of wound healing. So that's cool. Self-repairing tech. This one's been out there. This is um, self-healing carbon fiber polymers that break when there's stress applied to them. And inside there's a resin that comes out that mixes with a catalyst when, the, when it breaks and um, gives a strong plastic with a healing efficiency of up to 108%. So now you could have your like chair that when you break the leg on it, stuff would ooze out and then repairs the chair. Um, racing here's this is the least anticipated one: racing microcars. Um, you know, in 1966, cinema goers were wowed as the crew of a submarine and Raquel Welch, I believe, was uh, were shrunk down to microscopic size and injected into the body of a scientist <clears> in the <throat> film Fantastic Voyage. Um, though we're not anywhere near injecting tiny humans into other humans, although uh, there are some ways that that can be done, but uh, that's for your sex ed class, not for technology bikes. Uh, no, in 2011, uh, scientist Ben Faringa constructed a four-wheeled nano car comprised of four molecular motors on a carbon chain chassis uh, with wheels only 60 atoms in size and a width more than... 666 million times smaller than a Formula One car. <laughs> Might be hard to imagine driving, let alone racing them, but this year, the first two-day nano car race will take place. Teams will compete on a course made entirely of gold, painstakingly constructed atom by atom. Extra atoms will be placed on the surface to act as obstacles, which competitors will have to navigate around. I, I hope this becomes as big as NASCAR because I just have a vision of of the giant NASCAR stands and then on a, I don't know, something the size of a stick of gum is the nano gold nano track <laughs> with the cars. And the number three, Daryl. Anyways, uh, finally, fantasy foods. Um, they talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, nanotech's been used in food for many years now, emulsifiers and mayonnaise, for example. Uh, but now scientists are looking at how it can be used to enhance nutrition and the aesthetics of common foods. Australian bakery Tip Top is using nanocapsules to add omega-3 oil to bread. The capsules only open in the correct environment, the stomach, and so can bring the benefits of omega-3 without the unpleasant taste. I would think they'd have put it in, like, tapioca, since then you've kind of already got the, like, bubble thing. And then when you eat it, it would... Uh... Uh, likewise, companies such as Nestle and Unilever are also researching nanocapsules to improve the texture of their food. So now, Soylent, now with nanocapsules. Nice! Could be good. Uh, so that's their five ways. 
it seems to me that these are like, you know, <clears throat> this is not going to make the kids be real interested in nanotechnology. Uh, and other stuff. Uh, this one. Uh, how about a, a, a hydrogen-powered utopia? No smoking, please. Uh, Toyota has been doing, you know, they've done their, they created their first hydrogen car called Mirai, and now they've announced plans to build a community of hydrogen-powered homes. Uh, to do so, they've obtained the rights to H2PIA uh, from the Danish team that first came up with the concept of such a sustainable community. When this thermostat hits 55, you're going <laughs> to see some serious living. And the utopian community is coming in to here to New Jersey and own all the humanity. <laughs> uh, H2PIA is basically a proposal for a community of homes, businesses, shops, cars, and roads where everything is powered by hydrogen. Those living in such a space would get to enjoy clean air as well as be part of a sustainable community. On the outside, everything would be the same as any other community, except the entire infrastructure will actually be completely different and based on H2PIA's hydrogen technology. Uh, the community Toyota plans to build would be made up of both single-family homes as well as apartment complexes. The residents will be able to choose from units that are plugged, unplugged, or hybrid. Uh, the last one will be available with a hybrid hydrogen car that will feed energy back into the community grid when it's not in use. Uh, clean energy production inside the community will also be built with many other healthy living considerations in mind. So it could, you know, so it's the kind of utopian thing. Uh, they've not yet announced when this community will be built, though the chances are that it will be soon. So now you can have a hydrogen-powered master-planned community, protected by their own hydrogen bomb. Um, no, but uh, and then uh, um, this one. Uh, UPS is not going to get left behind by Amazon and these others that are, um, you know, doing all the drone stuff. Um, apparently, that the articles don't say it, but apparently, when they first did the demo, the drone like crashed. <laughs> but the the idea makes sense. Essentially, um, there would be uh, the drones would be on top of a modified UPS truck, and would go off and do their drop offs and then return to the vehicle while the driver does his stuff. So so it kind of makes sense. You know, then the drone, you don't have to worry about long distance travel for the drone or whatever. You get it most of the way there and then when it needs to go do its delivery, it pops off and and goes uh um you know goes and handles it. Uh Mark Wallace, UPS Senior Vice President of Global Engineering, said in a press release on Tuesday, imagine a triangular delivery route where the stops are miles apart by road. Sending a drone from a package car to make just one of those deliveries can reduce the cost of miles driven. It's a big step toward bolstering efficiency in our network and reducing our emissions at the same time. Uh, in September of last year, the company had successfully used a drone to deliver medicine to an island near Boston. Uh, chances are, though, commercial drone deliveries are still a long ways off due to regulation. According to FAA rules, a UPS driver would have to be able to watch the drone's whole flight, so it would be hard to save any driving or time. So there's that unfortunate part. But it's going to be weird to see what happens to companies like FedEx and UPS in that, you know, they were there for the boo, you know, the birth of the Internet, more or less. And, you know, they made a lot of money, you know, not going business to business, but business to home. And now I think Amazon announced just a few months ago that they're building their own airline, more or less. There are some things they're going to take all that package volume off of these carriers and start doing it themselves. So I think there's going to be a scramble or a shakeup in the shipping world pretty soon. Oh, yeah. And that, I, I well, was at UPS for 10 years working. doing industrial engineering and all that. So it's, it's got to be interesting over there right now. They've got to be a little bit nervous. I'm just waiting for the first YouTube video, though, 
of at Christmas time where the package, the drone comes flying down towards your house to drop off the package. And then the jerko who neighbor who's been cruising around stealing packages off porches steals the drone and the package, just grabs the whole thing and takes it. <clears throat> or, will your, or will those jerks have their own drones that'll like swoop in and attack those drone with your package and then steal the package and... I would hope around Christmas they just you know drone them down the chimney. I want to, to. I do. want to live in this crazy world. It'll be world drone wars. About. Drone wars to get your packages delivered and all that. Oh, and speaking of drone wars, a suicide boat attack that killed two sailors aboard a Saudi warship was apparently carried out by an unmanned, remotely controlled boat. Uh, the U.S. Navy says the incident likely represents the first ever use of a suicide robot boat as a weapon on the high seas. Suicide That's, robot yeah, boat is Is it remote controlled or is it, is it a robot? See, uh, is it autonomous or not? I don't think it was autonomous. Yeah. I think this is... I got uh, some hype. Suicide robot boat. Suicide robot boat! See, look, there, there's no job that is not safe from automation. Even suicide bomber, you can lose your job from have being replaced by a machine. Um, I'm not over suicide I just think this robot is the first yet. step to uh, awesome. I yeah I just like that that either sounds like a really cool techno uh, band name <clears throat> or it's just a cool phrase anyway. It's the first step towards Skynet except this is more like boatnet so you go from boat It's a boatnet. Boat net. And a boat. <laughs> boatnet. It's Boaty McBoatnet. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's that. You know, I guess the deal is that this boat is actually of some kind of size because I'm sure that they didn't like get one of those, you know, use in the park in the pond thing, the little with the water cannon, the two foot motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since uh, one good wave and it'd be all over. But uh, um, yeah, so so there's that. The the uh, I guess that's not particularly optimistic, but suicide robot boat is just too good to skip up as a uh, to skip as a story. And then this one, and and I'm not sure if I agree with this person's with this uh, this guy wrote a book um, called uh, his name is Yuval Harari, and his new book is called Homo Deus, not Amadeus, just so you don't. But I'll, although I do hear there's a new version of the song the coming up, Homo Deus, Homo Deus, uh, Brief History of Tomorrow. <clears throat> um, the thing about the um, the, the main thing in his book is it says they, there's a whole interview. You can go to geekradio.com. There's links to all the articles, to all the stuff that I may or may not use in the show tonight. Um, in his book, he predicts the emergence of two completely new religions. And the two new religions are techno-humanism, which aims to amplify the power of humans, creating cyborgs and connecting humans to computers – but it still sees human interests and desires as the highest authority in the universe. This is what he says is coming for all of us. Dataism is the new ethical system that says, yes, humans were special and important because up till now they were the most sophisticated data processing system in the universe, but this is no longer the case. Which ones are the ones that come around knocking on doors trying to convert <laughs> on weekend mornings? The Borg? Oh, wait, okay. no, that's on Star Trek. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think the Borg knocks. <laughs> uh, the tipping point is when you have an external algorithm that understands you, your feelings, emotions, choices, desires, better than you understand them yourself. I call that Agent Smith. Anyway, no, like the Matrix. Um, that's the point when there's the switch from the amplifying humans to making them redundant. 
that's the part I don't I don't know. I don't think humans are going to make themselves redundant. Part of the problem is because the machines, it's like they have to actually have a meaning. Humans can like live out their horrible humdrum lives and there doesn't have to particularly be meaning. But a machine, it's like, what's it going to do? If it doesn't have a job, it's like, well, I'll sit here. Well, the AI stuff gets kind of scary. And Elon Musk came out earlier in the week and said that what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to merge with technology or we're going to become irrelevant, more or less. And the main thing here is that, and he says it, uh, if I can read, he says over time he thinks we'll probably see a closer merger and of he biological. Was, he was making a statement. He wasn't actually making a hypothetical. He no, was, it's... He was pronouncing it. Yeah, he was, he was pretty much pronouncing <laughs> it like he does with all things. He says it's mostly about the bandwidth, the speed of the connection between your brain and the digital version of yourself, particularly the output. So, I mean, just to give you an idea, computers can do about a trillion bits per second and humans can do about 10 bits per second. So, really what it comes down to, the robots are going to win, computers are going to win, unless we can find a way to interface and keep up at their speed and be able to make, like, overarching decisions instead of just, you know, running away from them, which would be nice. <clears throat> and he also said he's, he's taught calling a deep AI and he says, you know, that goes beyond kind of driverless cars and he called it like artificial general intelligence and he described that this is you know smarter than the smartest person on earth and called it a dangerous situation so i don't know we're, we're getting there i think we're going to be old i'm not going to be able to run yeah. away from the robots yeah, one at that thing point you can bet on though regardless of how smart the technology is normal dumb humans will find a way to be in charge anyways i think that's what we're living right now <laughs> Oh, <laughs> silly humans. Right? right? Uh, yeah, the computer. But I'm only doing this for your interest. Bang, bang, bang. Hit it with a bat. You know, the Bubba will always will always win out. No, I, some of this I don't know. I mean, at some point, the, the, idea, the idea that we just hand it all over and that there's not any human spark behind it at all seems... I get where that's the worry of AI, but... It's still machines end up having to fulfill whatever their purpose is that you you did them for, and so it it should be that that's there to make our lives better or happier or whatever, as opposed to you know the AI going. I guess the idea could be like, geez, I don't even have to work if I just kill all humans, kind of thing. I just <laughs> don't think that's the. I think the AI and the singularity stuff. There was a time when it was like you know very much like underpants gnomes, where it's like we knew step one, we knew step three, two was the big question mark, and now I think we're finally at a time where you know without a lot of conjecture, we you know, conjecture we can actually guess how this, or we could at least roadmap how this could happen. Not saying it will happen, but I mean, you know, we're finally there where we, the, algorithms, the algorithms are there, machine learning is there, interconnectivity is there. You know, a lot of pieces are finally coming together to where if we aren't careful, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, the well, nanotech. There's a, there's a step before the whole AI automation, everything coming, and that's the way that we are, I think, the way that we're kind of offloading uh, human responsibility <clears throat> to machines in terms of raising our kids, educating our children, or teaching our children anything. I mean, I was listening, of all things, when I drive home from Technology Bites, when I drive home, I tune in AM radio, and Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis is on, and it's uh, it's one of those it's kind part of... part of your decompression routine? Yeah, it's, kind of, it's one of those kind of art bell... It's a conservative art bell kind of thing going on, but he was talking last week about something that was really pretty interesting, which was that with the... Uh, growth of technology, the ability to give kids kind of a one-on-one -on -one teaching experience with an artificial intelligence is, is rapidly approaching. It may not be true artificial intelligence. It may not be complete automation. There would still be like a, a teacher whose job it was is to kind of oversee the whole thing, but each kid would be plugged like into adaptive their, kind of. 
into their own monitor with their own instructor kind of working with them to teach them whatever the course was. So it would be like one-on-one, but you lose that whole human interaction, that whole uh, whatever you gain through interacting with real people instead of, you know, if you're just interacting with technology. But even beyond just what's going on in the schools, uh, what could be going on in the schools in the near future, we just kids right now just interacting with technology are paving the way to, like, where that AI would not be such a shocker. You know, like we might be yeah. as the old people get that AI off my lawn, but <laughs> the, gener- the generation that's coming up behind <clears throat> us or a couple of generations behind us are so used to technology kind of doing things for them and, and, and being a way to, you know, even in, you know, I, I confess to, I offload a lot of, memorization i don't have to memorize or know things people don't have to know phone numbers it's just it's on your phone it's mm-hmm. on, it goes from device to device i don't have to memorize facts it's immediately available to me especially with voice activation where you say you know siri google whatever tell me how to do blah 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 and it's just there we're tapped into a database that has all that information so we don't have to use our brains to for rote memorization and debt and data storage so i think you know there's some evolution that's going on with us as a species, and it's going to tie into this technology. Now, whether or not it's something that old scientists that know a lot about what they're doing are going to unleash some techno horror on the next generation, or whether the next generation is just going to embrace our new cyber overlords. Some of it, the the, the thing that I guess I wonder about the, the most, you know, you, the example of schools is interesting because we've had computers in in a form that people could have at home since sometime in the 1980s so we're talking about 30 some odd years a good 30 35 years i think would be safe to say that where there there's been a, where at least it started where people had had computers in the home but if you go to most classrooms there's the 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 computer lab where where 30 students at a time can go have one-on-one with a computer right but at the vast majority of schools at least here in texas at the vast majority of schools the ratio of computers to students is not anywhere near one-to-one there's not a lot of compelling you know curriculum out there either you know even like you know we've had computer-based training computer-based learning for forever but nothing's getting close to what jay lee's talking about you know recently you know right. i think it will go that and, way and but... we've gone this far though not and still not you know we haven't replaced textbooks with something better we haven't well, that's kind of the textbooks you know, well the companies sad, though a little bit part to yeah. me is i think at most high schools and and you know i know there are people who don't you know there are kids in high school who don't have smartphones but there's a lot of kids who do a significant percentage of kids in schools have smartphones of one sort or another so they have more and better technology for their personal use that they're not allowed to touch. So I'd say we're kind of banned. They're actually, what I, the way I see it is they're actually banning bringing computers to school. They're not even like, not only can we not even like teach computers and get, you know, get every kid in front of their own computer and interface. They're saying, we know you got them at home, but don't bring them here. Well, or you can bring them here, but you, you know? can't take it out and use it for yeah. anything constructive. And and so it's it's a, we're, it, we're in a bizarre situation where we can conceive of these things. The AI thing, I'm mm-hmm. surprised the guy's like, well, you wouldn't get the human touch. Because it seems to me that AI would be able to work with a kid, especially think about math, when they try to solve the problem and it doesn't work, the AI is infinitely patient and knows all the hundreds of different ways that you could possibly approach the problem. <clears throat> 
to understand it, and they're going to hit the one that works with that kid. Well, it's, it's not AI yet, but there are some programs out there that are just even apps. Like uh, Duolingo is one that teaches different languages. You can go from you know a handful of languages and learn a handful of other languages, and it actually keeps track of your progress. It, it I, I don't know what the algorithms are like behind it, but it does know enough at least to know when you last saw a word during the quizzes when you got them wrong, and it knows enough to recommend, like, hey, you haven't done this in a while. Hey, you're weak on this. And as you go along, it tailors everything towards you, starts mixing in more things. That's completely online, you know. So I think that's where teaching is going. But you, you know, that's self-motivated teacher. I think you need an AI with, you know, like a robotic machine arm to threaten the kids if <laughs> they don't ruler. get their homework. Hello, robotic ruler. ruler. Uh, robotic <laughs> ruler. Smack. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, Robo nun. My point was, you know, part of the point was that you know the AI is that is capable of human, like replicating human interaction, is still probably a ways away. Sorry, but, Japan. But we are definitely in a space where you know what was what was the old uh program that you could where you thought you know Eliza Eliza mm. yeah so Tay. Whatever, Microsoft what, Bob you know, you know how couples after a couple of decades <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Services, you know, but the Eliza of the current time is out there you know that that people are going to be mystified it was, by it was clippy very easy soon. Clippy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clippy. Clippy actually elicited a lot of emotional response in a lot of people. So yeah. if you measure it that way, yeah, it's, yeah. The, but the human way, the thing, the, the old James T. Kirk confuse a computer skills are all still out there. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not a parent. I don't interact with children, thank God. But I would think that, you know, eventually we're going to have to realize that in order to make learning fit into the new mentality you know you've got a kid who's completely dialed into his smartphone or his tablet or his computer and interacting with reality i mean they've got there's a new chat application out there called fam which is you know having a great amount of growth for people downloading it's allowing kids or people uh to have facetime chats with a group of people. They're not even having to go out and socialize and interact, you know, whereas you have kind of that Twitter stream or a, an Instagram stream or Snapchat stream. These new apps allow you to all kind of go into a group and all. That's pretty awesome. And uh, so, I mean, kids, I, from what I can tell from my limited uh, state and law mandated distance, um, <laughs> says that, uh, you know, kids are going to do what's on their device. And so the in order to educate and train and, and, and grow these kids, we, the, the educators or the adults or the powers that be are going to have to find a way in through there. And so I could totally see where you would have a situation in a classroom where you could have an iPad on a stand on a desk and you press the start button and, you know, the computer either through an app or through a video of an actual teacher or something, you know, starts to interact with that kid and teach them. We're going to teach you math. We're going to teach you history. And you're going to be able to take your test right on the iPad. Just like you the can thing pay. I wonder is if it's not going to, with the way that it's gone, because you look at, like I said, you know, for 30 some odd years, there's been computers. And now computers are pretty darn cheap so that virtually what percentage of the population carries around a smartphone in their pocket. I think it's at, it's past fifty percent. Well, even if it even if it's outdated, I mean, the kids growing up today with technology being plugged in will be the educators of the mm -hmm. future. Right. Well, what I the so thing I'm wondering though is what happens with with if if there's AI that can handle that sort of stuff. 
is what I'm what I think maybe is likely to happen is that it's just going to leapfrog the school. What's going to happen is that only the kids who can't afford any technology will be the ones who still go to school. And that's certainly possible. It'll turn it'd be hopes- where your kid can just go to the AI online and be better educated. Well, I mean, the, if they in the going back to Clive, this guy on the Ground Zero shows, he was talking about how you know it wasn't that long ago that online colleges were completely discredited. I mean, you, you couldn't expect to find a job with an online degree and that has gained credibility. And it's not still not completely credible. I mean, there's certainly a lot of opportunities to go online and get scammed out of money for something that, you know, is it what it represented? Ivy leagues often though, often, you know, they offer online too though. So it's not right. like so you're fly by nights like, Hey, let's you know this degrees in crayon, but here you go. But apparently the online degrees from reputable places are actually more expensive than yes, going to school degrees. So yes. they're, they're, they're not only gaining legitimacy, but you know, they're becoming something that's available to, for an elite class of people to do it. I, I've got, I've got a friend whose kid goes to Kincaid, you know, goes to one of those really richy, uh, private schools and they're all about you know they get issued an ipad they get issued all the technology they need to do whatever it is that they're going to be doing in their education process so there's certainly you know opportunities either for private education or homeschooling where that utilizes this technology and and gives people an advantage but i think technology is also becoming so ubiquitous and so cheap that why wouldn't you have a raspberry pi with a right. with a display at every desk in a school so and, that, you know, my kids now, I, I only have one child still left in the, you know, public state education, you know, the, the, the regular school system, the yeah. K-12, I guess. But the thing I wonder is I, I wonder if they're going to dither around on this. Well, should we have more standardized testing or, you know, are we spending enough on our students that this is going to, that, that potentially it's going to just break and go and change into something radically different in a very short period of time because if you look at it our school system the whole k-12 through thing it's industrial schools it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's industrial revolution schooling so they're on a schedule and they go to their particular places and you go at the pace of the group and all those sort of things and you start looking at it and what happened you know right now it's mandated by law you know basically the kids have to go or i, I guess you could do the homeschool thing but you have to sort of formally do it but at some point, there's a whole lot of kids who could learn most of this stuff. They could pass the GED when they're 12. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're only now they... coming into an age where we realize that uh, that college degrees aren't all that they're cracked up to be. That's what I was going to mention. I still go and speak at U of H once a semester, and the big mix-up or the big, I guess, what everyone's talking about among the faculty is like, look, there might not be institutions like this where kids are going to come and pay large chunks of money, especially with the debt thing, go into debt. Because, you know, I, I don't know who in here went to large schools, but, you know, I, I had a lot of my freshmen and sophomore classes where I was in there with 300 other people mm-hmm. and I didn't get any special attention and some of those were even weed out classes where it felt like they wanted fewer to come out than they went in there for certain you know for that major so oh, yeah. there's no reason not to have that you know completely televised and even to be truthful there were we could go and we could do distance learning if we missed something but it'd be you'd have to go check out a videotape watch the videotape take notes and go to class we did that just you know if we missed a class so now you could just pull out your phone and do it so see, it it's going to be cool to see how that goes and then trickle down I think it will you can go teach yourself on some of this, you know, other than the degree where you have to have that degree to do the, do the thing work, that you right? Want Medical to do, or you know, engineering, physics or some of those things. It's like computer programming. If somebody's fairly sharp and they just if they spent four years being online and 
teaching themselves to code if they're if, if that 15 year old from earlier picks up that raspberry pi and learns to program out of the house by 18 supporting the family by 23 no college degree necessary i mean that right. the thing in tech tech is still one of those places where the dollar goes to whoever can produce who can turn out working code who can drive you know people to sites who can do that and if you can do that they don't care what degree you have it might get you an interview it might do some stuff like that but honestly i know lots of people making a few hundred thousand dollars that a year that don't have a college well, degree but as a self-taught programmer because i've i've had i had one computer programming class i was you were freshmen were supposed to wash out and i was just my friends and i were just clever enough to be passing when the when the drop date happened because the professor it's like two weeks after the drop date and he's like yeah the freshmen are supposed to drop this class and you know the, usually the second or third time is when they can do it it was pl1 <laughs> coding which there were no data separate databases when you wrote a program that had data in it you wrote the thing that stored the data and kept up with it that was part of the whole program but the for, so but as other than that i'm self-taught i'm from using the computer and and reading on my own and all that kind of stuff and at first you think that oh well these guys were going to you know object oriented programming and all the discussion of that all that stuff there's a lot of principles in that that yes those people learn but i've seen garbage code from guys who had degrees and who mm -hmm. took all those classes and then i've seen code that was clean and and sharp and did everything it sh that you wanted it to do who never, who never said. Well, really, self-taught is a bit of a misnomer because it's not like if you're going to go and say, "Hey, I want to learn how to become a software developer." You're not going to go out there and have to, you know, from scratch create compilers and create languages and do everything. Right. There are so many resources out there and professionals that, you know, if they want to get published, they'll make a name for themselves. They'll go do articles. They'll go do talks. They'll put out papers. There's Stack Overflow. I don't think half, you know, half the coders these days. It's like if you ask, like, how do you spend your time? It's like. 20% Google, you know, 60% Stack Overflow, and the other time goofing off. You know, it's yeah. like that's kind of what they do. Artificial semi-intelligence, which is it's a it's a coding. It does it generates code, but it doesn't actually write any code. It just uses Stack Overflow and GitHub and all that. You know, how much programming now is just pick something from block A and, and yeah. then connect it up from you know and set up the right API for. Whoever else. And that's the idea is that the computer languages will get more higher and higher level to where right now it's like, you know, you go into something and Pete, I'm sure, is fully aware of this. It's like the majority of the stuff you do is you're doing what would be called plumbing work. Like you're going to build right. a house. you got to go and you got to do the foundation. you got to do all these different things. You don't really get down to the fun part of, you know, what is my house or castle going to look like until <laughs> the very end because all these other things are lame and I don't like doing them. It's much more like, you know, going into the Sims and just being able to like, you know, drop down, make your own houses back when you had Sims City or whatever it was versus, you know, going into AutoCAD and trying to design a whole house from AutoCAD. It's I think it'll oh, yeah. get that easy eventually. You know where yeah. it's a lot easier. That's why I think Jobs and some other people were saying where it's like, hey, all those tech people out there, that's great. Enjoy your time now, but it's eventually going to go back to the artists and the content creators, the people that can create. It'd be because like because the cogs in the middle aren't going to be necessary. It'll be like Third Life. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't it, <laughs> there, one of the news things. I don't remember if I used it. I know I looked at it, and I don't remember if I used it last week. Was talking about coding becoming a blue collar job. Oh yeah, that's true too. I think a lot of stuff is build a form for this particular set of information to be captured. These fields are required, and then take the results and do you know take one or two paths. The argument that's yeah. one of those that that a very rudimentary chain trained programmer can and, write think, something. Yeah, the, the argument is that you don't need rock star coders. You don't need someone that's a genius. And actually, having worked with some quote-unquote rock star coders, <laughs> I'd rather work with just a mediocre person who <laughs> wants to come in, do the job, and go home.
Give me that person. So uh, it just, you know, so a lot of things are sort of coming apart. The how are you an expert? You know, how do you how do you determine your expertise, whether that's that you're an expert programmer or that you are a college graduate or that you are a high school graduate level person? I think a lot of that one of the one of the things is while some of these people are looking at this stuff off 10 years from now, that there's some intermediate changes that they're not that that they're. I don't think it's a smooth track from here to there. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, I think a lot of parents are going to go, really? So I should either pay for them to go to private school or they can have an iPad and all that stuff. Or they already have an iPad. They have this. Somebody's going to crack the, like, home, the the online learning from your home thing. Khan Academy. For your student. Or Khan Academy, whatever. For your student. And they're going to crack it in a way that, like, huge numbers of kids just basically. If they can figure out how to people paid for playing Minecraft, yeah. kids will be well, making some serious bank. Or if they can figure out a way where you hook up the Minecraft game that you're doing or whatever game that you're doing and that to that's do controlling actual work some somehow. other thing that results in a product <laughs> or service being done, then uh, The I gamification of everything. <laughs> well, I watched two of my two of my stories, you know, the two of the drama series that I watch. Uh, While the show was going on? No. Just uh, <laughs> no, over the course of it. While I'm thinking about quitting this nonsense, <laughs> I watch other things that are actually entertaining. Uh, but two of them so far have, have referenced eSports. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. thing. It's a thing now. So but that came out of the younger generation, too, watching other gamers play. I mean, I blame you know, PewDiePie and a lot of that stuff for doing that. Because we, we had video game championships, but it wasn't like, hey, I just want to go, instead of watching a movie, let's kick back and watch someone else game for an hour and a half. Some some of it's Which really is, entertaining. Yeah. There's... Especially when you watch, like, a high-level, like, StarCraft players or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you see people who are, like, you know, they're absolutely superhuman with, like, all the stuff what, they're doing. What's the what's the immersive, you know, multiplayer space game that's really big? Are you talking about, I mean, that could be. Oh, uh, EVE? EVE Online? Is it EVE Online? Or there's one where they, they you know, there a whole bunch, there was a big event where, like, some big spaceship actually was that's almost certainly Eve. Yeah, that sounds like Eve. Eve is like the game where it's incredibly fun to read about because you read all this stuff like there was a 12,000-person fleet attack and like the ships <laughs> were valued at $500,000 of real-world money, but like we actually play yeah, the it. The guy it's who like, set up a government or whatever. And, you know, the dude who, and the dude like who set up a pyramid with scheme. Everything. He set up a pyramid <laughs> scheme and like... Ended up absconding with it was like some trillions of, of dollars of in-game currency that was worth like two or three hundred thousand dollars in real life, and, <laughs> and then he did a video and he was like, "Yeah, I ripped everybody off. Sorry." And the game's creators were like, "That's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was a good uh, last hour discussion there here on Technology Bites. Did uh, it for the lulls and, and the money and the money, yeah, <laughs> mostly really the money. <laughs> All right, what? Nothing. 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 All right. Well, that music tells us it's time to go, so this is the second-to-last show coming to a close. Next Wednesday night will be the final episode of Technology Bites. We hope you'll join us. Feel free to consider calling in and being a part of it. And then the Geek Gathering a week from Friday. All the information is up at geekradio.com. Yeah, next week's show is going to be a lot more self-indulgent, so calling in about getting your spyware fixed probably, probably not yeah. The throbbing vein will reappear. <laughs> but you'll get through anyway. All right, yeah, because Groovehouse will see to it. All right, well, you've been listening to the penultimate episode of Technology Bites on KPFT. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Link. And he's Groovehouse. Making sure your calls get through. Penultimately. Penultimately. Penultimately.
the Houston Area Women's Center invites you to participate in its 29th annual Race Against Violence. The 5K race will begin promptly at 8 a.m. on Saturday, February 25th at the Houston Area Women's Center, located at 1010 Wall Drive. The kids' fun run will begin approximately at 8.30 a.m. This is a chance for our community to join together and let survivors of domestic and sexual violence know that they are not alone. For complete event details, including how to register to participate, you can visit HAWC.org. You're listening to 90.1 KPFT Houston, 89.5 in Galveston, and KPFT.org online. Find KPFT on social media at KPFT Houston. Community is all about connection, and KPFT is seeking local organizations, businesses, and individuals to participate in our Community Partner Program. Community Partners help KPFT by supporting station initiatives, reducing our pledge drives, and being key contributors to our success. As a community partner, your organization or business becomes invested in a richer way in KPFT and helps to keep local independent media flowing. Interested in being a community partner? Well, contact us by email at brian at kpft.org. Thanks for your interest in our community partners program. This is KPFT Houston.